Welcome everyone, I'm Gary McKillops and this is Sports Across the Board. Today a triple header of guests, we lead off with Heisman Trophy winner Robert Griffin III, or RG3 as he's better known, then we hear from three-time Super Bowl quarterback Steve Young, and finally our guests include the founders of NFL Pro Era, a unique virtual reality game that is different than anything else on the market. But let's begin with Robert Griffin, who was the Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL after a Heisman Trophy winning season as quarterback at Baylor. RG3 is involved in a variety of important initiatives with Allstate and the American Football Coaches Association. He talks briefly about that program, how it's expanding, and then we turn to the subject of football. We first asked him to tell us a little bit about the Good Works program and how he became involved. Yeah, so I was a part of this All-State AFC Good Works team back in 2011 when I came out uh, for the draft and was you know, honored uh, along with Baylor to win the Heisman. And this is its 31st year. So for me to come back and, and now partner with All-State and AFC Good Works team to do something initiative is something that's truly important to me. So this uh, really started with players from schools around the country in all different divisions. But now you've stepped it up a bit by trying to get a thousand other people involved, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's 22 players, 11 from the FBS, 11 from the FCS, and then one honorary coach. But if if we're ever going to be able to do something big, it's going to take more people. The role of the quarterback has changed quite a bit. No longer do you have just a drop back quarterback. And I guess you were part of that revolution where you have where you can, you know, you're a dual threat running and passing, right? Yes, it's uh, it's it's almost as if the drop back quarterback in today's game um, is becoming more and more extinct. It's becoming more like a dinosaur. Uh, the 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 truly only lasting dinosaur uh, is the T Rex of Tom Brady. You know, he seems to be aging backwards, and he's still doing it at a high level. But all the top guys that are in the conversations are ones that can get it done with their arm and their legs, and they don't have to be the most dynamic with their legs, right? Everybody doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields. You see Josh Allen getting a doll with his legs. You see Patrick Mahomes getting a doll with his legs. You see Toto Navailoa, when he has to, getting out, moving in the pocket, and getting first downs with his legs. Joe Burrow does it. So the game has shifted all the way towards that. It's no longer a revolution. This is America, man. It's, it's independent. It's, it's, it's already gotten to that point of this is what the fundamental, prototypical NFL quarterback is today is a guy that can get it done with his arm and his legs. I understand you worked with Justin Fields in the preseason. Uh, how do you think he's doing? No, I think Justin Fields is doing amazing. Uh, I actually did not work with Justin Fields in the preseason, but I know the quarterback coach, Adam Dado, who both worked with Justin Fields and, uh, and, and Jalen Hurts in the offseason to help them go out and be successful, work on their mechanics. Um, and, and, you know, actually, I take that back. Adam Dado actually worked with Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Justin Fields works with a different quarterback coach. But I've been asked on occasion, what is it that Justin Fields can do to get better uh, as a quarterback and operating from the pocket? And I think what he's done over the past few weeks, I know he missed the last game, but what he's done over the past five or six weeks is show you that he had to stop playing quarterback and start playing football. Him using all of his skill set with his legs, getting out of the pocket, then moving the pocket, 
has opened up everything else for him down the field in the passing game, in the rhythm and timing of the three-step and short passing game. You've seen him grow more and more confident with all these things because they stopped asking him to just go back there and play quarterback and actually opened up the field for him and said, all right, we need to use all the skills here. We're going to run you a little bit. We're going to move the pocket, and that's going to generate positive plays for you to start stacking good play after good play after good play. And as you and I both know, when good things are happening to you, more good things tend to continue to happen for you, and that's what Justin Fields is doing. Do you think it's good for quarterbacks to go in right away and start playing, or is it better for them to sit on the bench a while, like Desmond Ritter here in, uh, um, in Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Desmond. I, I did work with Desmond before the draft, and I went out to Cincinnati and spent some time with him watching film, doing work on the field. And, I, and it's a mixed bag there because some quarterbacks that play right away have extreme success. Uh, some guys that play right away don't. Um, guys like Zach Wilson struggled. And now he's sitting in a situation where it looks like his career in New York may be over at this point. That's not signed and sealed, but it's looking that way after the way Mike White is born. I, I, I know the question comes down to, do you have the organizational fortitude to trust the guy that you're playing early despite his bad play? Because Peyton Manning didn't start his career off all that great. There's been a plethora of other quarterbacks that did start their career off that great. But then after a few years, they figured it out. And it's, do you have the organizational fortitude to wait on a guy to start performing to the level that you believe he can because of how highly you drafted him? If you don't have that organizational fortitude, if you don't have that security as a coach, then you should not play him early. Because he's going to go through some rookie mistakes. He's going to have some bad strengths of games because he's trying to figure out how he can do it at this level, not just how he did it at the college level. So I think a lot of that comes down to the coach understanding, hey, he doesn't look great right now, but I can see that he's going to be great in the future. And I'm going to let him go through these growing pains. But if you don't let him go through the growing pains and you're expecting it to be success immediately out the gate, then you should let that guy sit for a few weeks, for a few years. Last question. You ran a 4-4 in a charity event not too long ago. Any thoughts of uh, coming back? Yeah, for me, I'm always ready to play. I'm blessed right now doing what I'm doing uh, with ESPN. I, I truly enjoy it. I enjoy working with my gang crew on college football. I truly enjoy working on Monday Night Countdown with Susie Colbert, Steve Young, Booker McFarland, Adam Schefter, Alex Smith, and Larry Fitzgerald. That's, it's just been a lot of fun to, to dive into this side of it and, and understand that I can do this for the next 20, 30, 40 years if I want to, just because of how young I am at 32. Um, as a player, I haven't retired. Um, if a team called me tomorrow and said they need me to go out there and start and be their quarterback, I could get it done. Uh, I prepare myself to do that, but I'm not chasing opportunities that aren't chasing me. So at the end of the day, I can still run a 4-3, a 4-4 uh, at any given time. As you said, I ran that at the, the Rich Eisen event. But at the same time, I train and prepare myself to play. And then I go out and I take out all that hard work and I apply it to what I'm doing in the TV industry right now. So yeah, if the team called me, I'd be raised. But I'm not going to go out there and continue to, to try to chase something. Um, if the opportunities don't come, then I'm content with the way my career went for eight years. And I'm happy to spend the time with my family and have fun on TV for this foreseeable future. Thanks very much, RG3. And good luck with the All-State American Football Coaches Association Good Works team. And uh, can you find that online? 
Yes, you can find that online. Once again, go to do something.org backslash good works team. And that's where you'll find all these volunteer opportunities, not only in the communities of the players, but also in your very own. That was Robert Griffin III. Next up is Steve Young, who, along with Jerry Rice, is teaming up with the company Meta for Creator Zone, a dedicated space for teens 13 and over to use MetaQuest 2 headsets to experience and create virtual reality. Since 2006, Young and Rice have worked together to create technology hubs for children in underserved communities called 8 to 80 Legend Zones. They're now partnering with Meta to bring MetaQuest 2 headsets into the Atlanta facility. We were at that event and had the opportunity to speak with Steve. He's a regular contributor to ESPN shows, such as Pardon the Interruption. But he is more well-known as a quarterback who led the San Francisco 49ers to victory in three Super Bowls, was a two-time NFL MVP, and still holds a slew of NFL and 49er passing records. Let's listen to Steve as he first talks about his work with youngsters at the Creator Zone, then shares his thoughts on this season in the NFL. By the way, you'll hear Dr. Lonnie Johnson referred to often. He's an inventor and founder of the Johnson STEM Activity Center in Atlanta, where this interview took place. Hi, Gary. Great to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Tell me just a little bit about the background, how you got it. I guess you're one of the founders of this, right? I give Jerry Rice a lot of credit. We were teammates together, and we came up with the idea of 8 to 80, because I was number 8, he was number 80. What we saw was... What, as Jerry described it, it's not a, it's not a fair, it's not even play, playing field. It's unfair. It's tilted because we need to make it a f- kind of even playing field. In doing so, we want to get, bring the tech at the time in 2000 when we did it. Technology, technology was not being wasn't available to some of the uh, different schools that just didn't have it. And so we wanted to, we wanted to start to build 8 to 80 zones that would bring technology to the schools that had no kind of visibility whether it was digital music, whether it was technology, computing. And then Lonnie called us and said, what you did there, I, I've been doing out here, but I want to build an 880 zone for gaming. And I'm like, my kids have been teaching me about gaming. And so we did, we, we partnered on that and built this room over here. And then out of nowhere, Meta calls us. They're, you know, they're in the Bay Area. And they said, we've seen what Lonnie's doing and you're doing. We want to power, power it up. And so I was like, let's go. And when <laughs> and so you say over it. here, we're in a, a building on Decatur Street in downtown Atlanta, and it's transformed. It's, a, it's transformed. And so it's Lonnie's vision, him seeing what we were doing going, uh, could be additive, and then what Meta saw, uh, we could be additive. And so it's organic. That's what I love about it. It's like, it's just one-to-one. It's not any, any young man or woman that comes through these doors is going to be exposed to things that maybe to them... But, could have been dropped from the moon, robotics, uh, coding, like not exposed to it all. And that once it's just empowerment, it's like access, it's leveling the playing field. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to tilt it anyway. I just want to anywhere. I just want it to be kind of fair minded and bring people. And so that's what we've been doing. And I'm grateful because this is a labor of love. This is not, uh, this is, you're not going to go back and go, oh, this is shiny, spiffy, perfectly laid out like this is just a organic heartfelt plan for how to bring opportunity to one-on-one-to-one uh, opportunities and, and now we're doing it in Atlanta because of Lonnie 
I think with Meta, maybe we can do it in more cities. We'll see. And it's not related really to football. I mean, they're not. No, no. That's what like when when Lonnie first said 880 zone, you want to build one in Atlanta. I'm like, I'm not sure that Falcon fans are going to want to see that. He goes, Steve, stop. No one cares. It's really we're all in a big world here, and what you're doing is what I would like to be associated with. And so we we had to kind of get over the the colloquialism of it all and. and, uh, com- and build a bigger community, and so it's been fun. Can I ask you a couple of football questions? Sure, of course. Um, I heard you talk, I guess it was yesterday, about the difficulty of a dual-role quarterback, mm. kind of learning that, mm. learning the game. Why, if you're a natural runner, why is it so difficult to, to learn? So the running is not hard. Uh, that's a for guys that can run. That's a commodity. What's hard? is to deliver the ball from the pocket and be what I call a sophisticated thrower of the football. That is a journey. And that journey is for everybody. Tom Brady down to Michael Vick. It doesn't matter who's trying to do it. That's a journey. The problem for guys that can run is that that journey is not myopic. A guy like Tom Brady is not running anywhere. So he, he was very focused on that sophisticated passing. For those of us that can run, it it. It, it's always like a hairy suit. Like, I, I don't want to go through the rigor of it because I, I can go. Why would I worry? And so there's this constant re-energizing you have to do to basically tie up your feet so that you can learn this sophisticated throwing. And that's the challenge for dual-threat quarterbacks. And the ones that do it, Patrick Mahomes in this generation, Josh Allen this generation, what Jalen Hurts is doing this generation, they can take over the world. Because what, what Tom and Peyton couldn't do is they can't move. But if you can become a sophisticated passer and can run, super powerful. Are going to see any more left-handed quarterbacks in the league? There's some kind of a bias that I can't put my finger on. 10% of the population is is uh, left-handed. And myself, Tua Tagovailoa, there's maybe Kellen Moore. There's like five in the last 30 years. That's not 10%. Something's a mess. <laughs> we had a guy here who was a pretty good left-handed quarterback, too. Yeah, Michael Vick. Michael Vick. And so Michael with. and I are brothers in arms on our dual threat part. And also, I worked with Arthur Blank when he first came to uh, Atlanta, and I loved my association with Michael and always felt that, uh, you know, the talent was amazing. And I think that it's been fun to just watch him grow into the man he is today. A lot of hardships and tough times, but he was a great player. But... Uh, I think he's trying to pay it forward himself now at this point. Can you give us a comment on the Falcons and what, what you think is happening here? Well, in the end, in today's game, it's always been the case you need a quarterback. And uh, and I think Marcus is a fine young prospect. He's still you know, kind of figuring out. And I like Marcus a lot. He's a good friend. Uh, but until you have that quarterback that is generational talent, you can't. Super Bowls are not won anymore. My theory is you cannot win a Super Bowl with good defense and a running game. You have to have a quarterback. And so Atlanta, we need one to grow into that role who's here or find somebody else. Well, you got Until you have that quarterback who can be generational, it's, it's tough to win the Super Bowl. That was our interview with Steve Young, who was in Atlanta for the debut of Creator Zone, designed to teach youngsters about the possibilities associated with virtual reality. Finally, we have two guys, both ex-football players and now entrepreneurs, who have teamed up with the NFL to create something known as NFL Pro Era. They are Alex Hawkins and Troy Jones. Alex was a running back in the NFL, and Troy played college football at Western Kentucky and the University of Akron. 
They know what it's like to see the game from a player's point of view and brought that perspective to a revolutionary new virtual reality game. Let's listen to them talk about that. Start with you, Andrew. Yeah, so uh, Troy and I are background as athletes. Um, we both had a similar vision of how we thought our experience could revolutionize, revolutionize the way that fans experience their favorite sports. And our whole idea was how do we bring our experience, which, which we're subject matter experts in, being on the field, to fans that have the barrier of not, you know, maybe being as, as athletically gifted as some of the pros. And so that's where it started. And, and slowly but surely, we kind of just chipped away at it to get it to where it is now in the launch of NFL Pro Air, the first NFL licensed VR football game. And how long has it taken to, to get to this level? Yeah, I would say we've been in development for roughly three years to get here. Um, holistically, Troy and I on different parts of the country, we probably started in, in 2015 or 16. So it's been a long time in the making. Um, we, we came together and uh, our whole process was how do we make one plus one equal three? And I think that's what you got with our partnership. There you go. So when you, uh, for those who aren't familiar with this virtual reality, is it, uh, okay, you put on the mask and it becomes yeah. like a football field? Yeah, so when you put on a, the headset, you're fully immersed in a game in which you are an NFL quarterback, so you can play as any quarterback for any NFL team. We have various modes in the game that include our two-minute drill, our multiplayer mode, mini-game modes, which really just drill into the experience of football, right? A way for you to practice, to polish your skills, a way for you to compete on Sundays and go through a season and try to win a Super Bowl. Um, so the game is the, it's its first iteration, but it does a great job of just capturing what is it like to be an NFL quarterback. Um, so we're excited about it. And do you compete against others, or is it uh, you kind of do your own thing? Yeah, so starting off, you're competing against the player AI in the season mode. As you go through a season and win the Super Bowl, you're playing against the AI. We do have multiplayer head-to-head -head games um, to where you can be in the same stadium virtually with one of your friends and compete in little mini-games. Um, but for, this, for the next iteration, we'll be building, building out the head-to-head -head multiplayer and just the competitive elements as we go forward. So everybody thinks of, like, the Madden games and stuff like that. Yeah. This is the next generation, right? Yeah, I, I think just most fans have always experienced the game from a broadcast point of view. And uh, as players, that's not our reality. Ours is that we've been on the field. We watch the game as players. We, we think about the game through the eyes of the people that are out on the field. To your point, this is the next step. This is a level of access that fans haven't had, which is seeing what a defense looks like from a quarterback perspective or other positions as we kind of continue to develop. Um, and we think that it's going to actually make the fans smarter, but also just create a whole different level of engagement that's honestly a lot more fun. Where do you get one of these? You can buy uh, uh, Oculus headset at any electronic store, PlayStation VR as well. Um, and our game is on the app stores within those headsets. Mm -hmm. And where did you play? You played in the pros for yep. six, seven years, right? Yep, I played seven years in the NFL for the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and retired from the New England Patriots. The Browns are my team. so There you go. Great. Go Brownies, baby. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Uh, and you, you played in college, right? Yeah, I played in college. Yeah, but University of Maryland, Western Kentucky. Played quarterback. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Great, great. Yes, sir. And so, how realistic is it? I guess you guys know if anybody. Yeah, I, I mean, I like to think it's very realistic. That's the feedback we've gotten. And honestly, I think a, a good indicator for us early on is we put a number of former college football NFL players through, and every single time they were blown away. So that's how me and Troy knew that we had something because the people who have seen that perspective their entire lives are blown away by how close it is to the real thing, we knew fans would love it, and that's the reaction we've been getting. That was kind of your focus group then, right? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely our focus group. We got a chance to pilot a lot of the aspects of the game, and then, like you said, once we, once we got that stamp of approval from the players, 
we knew it was ready for real time. So. And this is nationwide, right? Nationwide, yes. okay. global. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. And, and again, for the audience, tell us the name of it. The, our company name is Status Pro, and the NFL game is called NFL Pro Era. Great. Thank you so much, of guys. Course. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Great. Those were the voices of Alex Hawkins and Troy Jones, founders of the virtual reality game NFL Pro Era. There's really nothing like it on the market. Our thanks to Alex and Troy, to Steve Young, and to RG3 for being our guests on this episode of Sports Across the Board. I'm Gary McKillops, and thanks for listening. You've been listening to Sports Across the Board. Join us next time as we take you behind the scenes on everything from the big events and the big issues to discoveries that are changing the world of sports. Sports Across the Board is an exclusive presentation of the McKillops Group. If you like what you've heard, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.